Tech Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Bastak and Mike Jacobs. Hello and welcome in. It's America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. We're the game show guys. I'm Tom Bastek. And I am Mike Jacobs. Good morrow to thou, Tom. Uh, yes, my old English is incredibly poor, so I shall respond in muy bien, E2. I, you know, I'm not certain that that, that would even really be old English. Because old English is like way different than real English. <laughs> Uh, it, all English is now getting old to me as I am uh, getting older, so I, I get it. Totes. Totes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we don't have a lot of um, uh, cleanup uh, this week, but I do want to just say thank you to Jeremy Mayer, who if, if you guys have not spent the time to listen to the interview that we did last week, do it. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Um, not only to hear like what it's like to be on The Price is Right, uh, but just the personal stories that he has and, um, you know, very, very touching at the end there. Oh, yeah. With his grandmother and whatnot. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I believe it was his grandfather. Grandfather. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, make sure if you have not given that a listen, please do. Uh, and I do think there was um, a bit of a technical issue um, at the uh, episode when it first came out so if you heard a bunch of dead air that's been fixed so uh you know go back and check it out if you if you haven't yeah that's our wonderful production software that just put 10 minutes of dead air in the end of segment one i have no idea why (laughs) look i mean at the end of the day we are doing this for free on i mean i would say a shoestring budget but uh i don't know that we can afford shoestrings at this point this is very true there is very few shoestrings that we could buy yeah so uh you know we are. We're only human. We are. But if you get a chance, listen, because it's really great. Jeremy it is, is great, awesome. It is great. Yeah. And uh, and if you've got a great story that you want to tell about when you were on uh, a game show, we'd love to hear it. So please uh, drop us a line, either via social or the website. Uh, we'd love to get you on and do an interview, too. I am uh, trying to get people who were on the new um, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, nice. Because it's like adults now, right? Um, right. So, yeah, I want to get their take on it and see if it was as grueling as it was for the kids in the original. Well, I am currently working on um, somebody from uh, that was on American Idol for our American Idol episode, which will come up at some point. And I'm also working on uh, someone for Holy Moly that was on Holy Moly. For oh, no our, kidding. That'd be great. Yeah, for our Holy Moly episode, which is coming up as well. So little dip into our future there. Indeed. Stay tuned for more. All right. Well, I think uh, it is time, Mike. We should bring in uh, our everybody's favorite stumper, or like I'd love to to be a chumper this week, wouldn't you? Yeah. Look, I I'm fairly certain he's going to get the question this week, but I like it, and that's that's what really matters. It's a good question. All right. Cool. Here it is: the news with Christian. Light up your cigarette, crack open a beer, put the kiddos to bed. From chaos around the world to carnage in your very old front yard, it's time for the news. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Mike. This is the news brought to you by buzzerblog.com. I am very hopeful. I am hopeful beyond hopeful that this will be the last time this month that we have to talk about Jeopardy. So the new season starts on September 13th on Monday, and 
you know, it's been a long and hard-fought road, but uh, we're finally going to see new episodes after this embattled new season. So the expectation is that we're going to see Mike Richards, you know, former executive producer who got let go, got let go from hosting the thing after he made some racially and uh, just after he made some racially insensitive comments on a podcast he did seven years ago. Uh, we're going to see his episodes, maybe with a disclaimer, maybe with some word about why he's not going to be the host after Friday. Um, then we're going to see Mayim Bialik take his place, who originally was announced to be the primetime host for whatever specials and tournaments they may have on ABC or on any other network. Um, but from then on, it's anyone's guess. You know, it seems like some hosts that got a first chance at guest hosting are going to get a second chance. No names have been announced yet. But, um, you know, I'm never thought I'd say I'm tired of talking about Jeopardy, but it just seems like the drama has been never ending. And I'm, I'm glad that there will be some some resolution to this. I agree. It's at least a kind of sense of closure. But I guess even still right now, if I've understood correctly, we're just going to kind of continue with the guest host thing until a permanent decision has been made. That's the plan. Why is it so difficult to just say, okay, Mime, you've got the job? That's exactly right. That's what I was going to say. Like, just move her up from just prime time to the syndicated and be done with it. Right? It takes two seconds, and it would be a phenomenal move that everybody would love. Like, it's a no-brainer. I don't understand. I mean, at this point, she's clearly popular with the people who watch her post. She's clearly popular with the contestants, clearly popular with the staff. She knows what she's doing. Uh, I don't know why not at this point. Also, I'm not sure where Ken Jennings is in all of this. I wonder if he's still the front runner in anybody's mind. Well, but th- he took a role like behind the scenes, right? He's the consulting producer right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if maybe he's just like not really interested in hosting it full time. Like, I could, I could see that being a thing. If like I don't want to devote my life to this one thing. Um. It was a, a kind of the same thing I thought when Drew Carey took uh, The Price is Right. Um, it's it's almost like that outdated idea of getting married, where it's like you're just going to be this one thing for the rest of your life. Um, and, and so I could see someone not wanting to take the host of Jeopardy, because that's once you take that role, that's all you will be. That is very true. And, you know, having a different perspective on this whole debacle as somebody who's remotely familiar with how all of this works, you know, hosting a show like Jeopardy at the end of the day is a job. I don't know that I could think of a job that I would sign up for knowing that I would be doing that job for the rest of my life. As fun as it is, some people are not of that mindset. Yeah, for sure. Again, I mean, I would probably take it, but I'd it's definitely a thing where I could see someone being like, I don't think that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. Well, and I think you're going to see Sony sign a very limited contract um, uh, only because, you know, the if something does go wrong, they can back out and change immediately. I do think you're probably right there. All right, Christian, what else do you have for us? Well, you know, for the first time this season, we are finally shifting the focus from Jeopardy to its sister show, Wheel of Fortune. So uh, the 39th season of Wheel of Fortune is starting uh, on the same day, Ooh. September 13th. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. Uh, Pat Sajak and Vanna White have re-signed their contracts there on the show until at least the year 2024. Uh, so no changes there. Uh, we do have an addition, two additions actually, to the on-air family. So the announcer, his name is Jim Thornton. For a while it was other announcers, but since Charlie O'Donnell 
O'Donnell passed away a few years ago. It's been a guy named Jim Thornton. He's going to have more of an on-camera role. A lot of people are saying it's going to be similar to uh, the role of the announcer on The Price is Right, how you see you see him on, on camera every once in a while, uh, which will be interesting. I think the first time the show has done a thing like that. Also, Pat Sajak's daughter, Maggie, is now on the show as a social media correspondent. So uh, we can expect that they will be increasing their social media presence going forward. Uh, that's not an on-air role, right? It is an on-air role. So she will be it doing is. some behind-the-scenes stuff and backstage stuff. Yes. Huh. Right. Interesting. You know, I it, it's cute. You know, it must be cool to have your daughter work with you. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not like poo-pooing it. I'm just, huh? Right. Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of out there with a lot of the other changes this year. So, um, they are. So they did announce a tournament of champions, which I think is the first time this version of Wheel of Fortune has ever done any kind of tournament or any kind of you know playoff. Back in the '70s on NBC, they did a kind of short-lived tournament of champions with some of the people who had like won the most money up to that point so that's something to look forward to uh we also are going to have a new set they're you know redesigning some elements of the set also and this is the most surprising to me so they actually re-recorded and reorchestrated the theme song for the 1980s version of wheel of fortune and they're <sighs> bringing that back as the main theme song this year nice I think that's awesome. That's oh, the best really news cool. we've got. That's right. the best news we've gotten in years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a couple of nostalgia heads. That's right up our alley. Yeah, it sure <laughs> is. Absolutely. Great. Well, you know, with all the stuff going on with Jeopardy, it's about time like the hardcore game show fans got sort of thrown a bone. You know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's true. Very true. Speaking of uh, hardcore game show fans, uh, anything else you've got for us? Well, you know. All the news this week has to do with change. All the new seasons are starting, all the new seasons of all the, not not just game shows, but TV in general. So Price is Right is starting its 50th season. So Ooh. they've made a lot of changes to the set, a lot of extra gold here and there. One of the biggest changes this this season is that they're bringing back their audience in a limited capacity. So every episode will have 50 audience members, and they're seated. I saw a picture of the set. It almost looks like... So it almost looks like a theater in Vegas, how there are like three people to a table. There are like these little audience pods spread throughout where the audience used to be. And I'm excited to have that energy back. I was of the opinion that Price is Right always felt very fake without an audience. And they sort of make you act over the top to, you know, convey that energy. Because it's hard to get that energy when there's nobody else in the room. So I'm also interested to see how that affects the odds. You know, it used to be you had a one in 300 chance of getting called to be a contestant on the show. Uh, now that's down to one in 50. I don't know if they are – If I don't know if they've changed the way that they pick contestants. I know that – Well, didn't they change it for COVID, though, where they were just, like, auditioning people to be on the show? Right. They did do that. And the people running in when there was no audience knew that they were going to be on the show. Um, We also saw some emails a couple months ago go out for casting for The Price is Right. So I wonder if they haven't altogether changed that. You know, I can't imagine hundreds of people waiting in line with only 50 of them getting in and, you know, doing the whole interview thing, especially with the COVID scene in Southern California. The last I heard, it was pretty dire. Um, So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Cool. One more thing about the prices, right? So we got a brand new pricing game. So I think this is interesting. The name of the game is Back to 72, and it has to do with guessing how much things were back during the first season of the show. So the cool. set for this game, they actually recreated the original set from the first season of the show. 
And it's unbelievable, all the glitter and stucco and all the crap they have to put together to make this old-style set. But it's really <laughs> trippy seeing it, you know, in HD. So that'll be exciting, at least to me. And maybe That's somebody great. else. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think that's awesome. I like I like nostalgia, and 50-year-ago nostalgia is great. The sad part is, is I'm like, man, I was born just a couple years after that. Oh boy. Yes, that means I'm going to turn 50 soon. No, that's what yeah. I'm getting at, guys. Well, right? Because I, yeah. I had the same realization with uh, Wheel that I was like, oh, my God, I'm as old as Wheel's fortune. Wheel as fortune. Wheel of fortune. Um, and, you know, I don't, it, get, it gets just get, it keeps getting worse. <laughs> yeah, and it's only going to get worse for us old guys. Christian, you'll stay young forever and just be happy with that. Listen, I, I've, I've felt very old this week for a variety of reasons, so I'm <laughs> sort of right there with you. Well, we're going to make you feel even older here in Stumper Chump. But first, how about this week in game show history? Yeah, this week in game show history, we're going back to September 18th. 1989. I was. Um, I don't. I'm going to make. No, feel don't old. even. Do you, don't. We just uh, really. Uh, I'm sorry. That's ballsy, and, right, Mike? Whatever stumper chump question you got, ratcheted up a like ten times. Yep, on it. I won't even mention it. I'll just say. <laughs> I won't say anything. September 18th, 1989. <sighs> the return of a a really cool show that I've always loved. This was a show hosted by Jeff Edwards called Jackpot. And Jackpot was all about money and riddles. Riddles were the central theme of this show. So every episode had one player playing against a wall of 15 other players. They'd pick one player at a time. The player would read a riddle. If they answered it right, they'd add money to the jackpot. When the jackpot reached a certain number, you, it, it enabled you to answer a really hard riddle for all the money. And the writing on this show, and I'll, I, ha I have some examples today. So we're going to play oh. along a little bit. All right. But the writing on this show was clever and also sort of cringeworthy. So it wasn't uncommon on this show to hear the audience boo at a really bad riddle. There was actually <laughs> one point. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So there was one particular point where the audience was so frustrated. You know, there was a, a riddle worth $50,000 on this show. That was the top prize was $50,000. And all they had to do was answer this super jackpot riddle. And the riddle was this. My first name is present tense. My last name is past tense. What am I? First name is present tense. My my last name is past tense. What am I? Hmm. So, so the contestant did exactly what you're doing right now, just sort of stressed about it for a second. And you had like mm -hmm. a 10-second buzzer, you know. So the 10 seconds went by, the buzzer went off, and the, and the host said, it's a seesaw. Oh. The audience Boo. booed so loudly that they had to go to commercial. I don't get it. To see is present tense, and I saw something is oh, past tense. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the audience booed from that point on after every riddle, and they booed throughout the credits of that episode <laughs> in <Wow>. protest. <laughs> I, don't know that's, I don't know if that's boo-worthy. Like, okay, admittedly, I just didn't get it so like i may be a little stupid but i feel like like that's what i was trying to think of was something along those lines where it was like well I, I, that's where i started anyways and then i started thinking like because like past tense t-e-n-t-s something like that oh, yeah. playing words um but i i don't know i would if i were in that audience i don't know i'd be booing for the rest of the show because of it well this is I the thing it. you pull the audience off the street of mid-1970s New York City, 
and it is no joke. And that was one of the things. So one of the distinctions between an episode of like the $20,000 pyramid that they taped in California versus one they taped in New York. When somebody won in New York, the audience would stamp their feet and scream and throw things and plaster would come off the ceiling. They were so <laughs> full of energy. It was unbelievable. A New York audience is like no joke. And actually, Wheel of Fortune in the late 80s came to New York for a week and somebody lost like a Corvette on a really simple puzzle. Like they couldn't guess the word apricot and the audience went insane. Wow. <laughs> and they had to go to commercial. New York audiences back in the day were no joke. I'm not playing around. All no, right. no, no. But anyway, yeah, jackpot. Really cool show this week in game show history. Nice. Really nice. All right, Mike, you ready to stump them? <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's the deal. Um, I didn't realize that it's not a good idea to give you a trivia question where the answer is like the show we're talking about because it's just going to be like, oh, well, the answer is that. So uh, the question that I have written is who's the only host to preside over an episode of the same series in six different decades? And the answer being Bob Bob Eubanks because of this show. Uh, So I uh, instead uh, am going to go to one of our mail questions. Not female questions, mail as in the electronic mail service that we oh, have. Oh, right. Excellent. Yes. Uh, so I loved this one uh, because we were talking about Battle of the Network Stars and, uh, you know, it's fun to go back to that every once in a while. So we also mentioned on there uh, Circus of the Stars and just the sort of general idea of big crossover stuff, multiple networks being on one network, that sort of thing. Uh, And our friend Randy has let us know that this was not uh, the only game show instance of a large network crossover. There was a show that had already existed. This was not a Battle of the Network Stars thing where they made it to, to... be the competition but rather a show that already existed and they did uh it says after the 20 or so episodes of the original version there was an episode that featured popular syndicated television stars in the late 80s early 90s what television show would this have been oh geez i'm afraid show okay i'm afraid i do not understand the question could we try this one more time Okay, so much like Battle of the Network Stars featured people from ABC and NBC and CBS on one network in a giant cross uh, network crossover event, there was also a existing show. So an existing game show. An existing game show where the contestants were made up of popular television stars of the era. So, again, this was a show that was airing on one network but had representatives of shows from networks outside of that. So, again, ABC, NBC, CBS. I don't know exactly what networks were involved in this. And the truth is is that they also, on this one, involved Fox as a fourth network. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. So it was a battle of network stars, but it was late enough because it was late 80s, early 90s that the – the Fox uh, team had become big enough that they now included them in this battle of network stars. So the question is, Christian, what was the other game show? What was the game show that did this battle of network stars? Oh, boy. That's a good, that's like a brain teaser. Good yeah, Lord. it is. Okay. Well, let's think about shows that use celebrities in the late 80s, early 90s. I don't know that I can think of a whole lot of them. You had. I'm going to ask just for clarification. Is this a network show we're talking about? Like, was the show on a network? 
It was. Yeah. And okay. it wasn't it wasn't necessarily it didn't involve celebrities normally. They brought celebrities in to do this this version of that show. Yes. Okay, and and it's unique in that they didn't just use celebrities from their own network. They used celebrities Correct. from across the board. Okay. And they played okay. for their networks. There was the four networks vying against each other during the show. All right. Well, I'm going to rule out Hollywood Squares because that wouldn't make any sense. Also, that wasn't on a network in the 80s. Um, I'm trying to think of network shows that used teams of contestants. And and here's what I'm going to tell you. I'll give you just a little bit more of a hint, Mike. Uh, I, Mike, tell me if I'm, I may be going a little too far here. This may be enough to give it up. Oh, God. Why am I doing this? Well, I, I had a hint as well. I don't know. My, I, I don't know how obvious your hint is, but the way you're talking about it makes us feel like my hint might be a little less obvious. All right, why don't you go with your hint first? We have covered this episode, or this oh. show, on an episode of our podcast. Right. So we've already done this show as a featured show somewhere in the previous 51 episodes. Correct. Okay. Okay. This was also news to us, which means we missed it when we did this show originally. <laughs> I have a guess in my head, but I'm not 100% confident in it. Well, oh boy. It, it, I, think, I think we may. I think Randy may actually finally have stumped you. I don't know. He may, he may have. I mean, we got to at least get a guess because often you can sometimes just surmise the correct answer. But I don't think we should give him any more hints. I think, I think, I think we're done on the hints for now. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had enough hints. Um, geez. Well, I'm going to preemptively say, good game, Randy, and I'm going to guess Family Feud. Ooh, Family Feud is incorrect. Oh, right, now, what was it? Well, before we give you the answer, let me give you another hint, and let's okay. see if this helps. helps. Sure. Uh, the show, when it's running, does not normally involve teams running against each other. It normally is one person against another person against a group of people. One person and one person versus a group of people? Correct. And the two contestants fight against this group of people in the show. Oh, man. After covering the episode, uh, sorry, I keep saying episode. After covering the show on our episode, it prompted me to purchase a specific cassette tape. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, I, wait, I remember that. I remember that. Hold on. Oh, my God, I hate myself so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I remember that. I remember the tape. I remember it was something in particular. It was like some album of like music from the show, wasn't it, the tape? Uh, that, yes. Ah. Uh, oh! Is it American Gladiators? It's American it Gladiators. Oh, <laughs> Only after nineteen darn hits. Yeah, well, we already called we already called GG. So yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, good so, job, Randy. Congratulations, job, Randy. Randy! You have finally stumped Christian <laughs> after many well, submissions. Well fought, game, Randy. Thank well, you. It's really great, and I will put it up on the website, Christian. You got to see it. Basically. The teams were led by actual um, the the actual gladiators, and so they competed against each other with gladiator type events. And there was a gladiator on your side if, uh, for each network. That is so cool. Yeah, and and it, the full episode is out there. I'll put it up on the website uh, this week, uh, but check it out. And there you go. Beautiful. I am thoroughly stumped. 
there it is. And you know what? It's also kind of a bummer that I messed up the question because I really thought it was cool that Bob Eubanks hosted an episode of the same show in six different decades. Well, we've got a few minutes left. Let's talk about that for just a second, Christian. We're doing the newlywed game and with Mr. Bob Eubanks. Your thoughts? So the newlywed game, the original one with Bob Eubanks, you know, you couldn't find a more perfect host. Bob Eubanks just had that way of remaining silent after an answer and just coaxing more information. So you get you get to the point where these people are saying things about themselves and their personal lives and their home lives and their married lives that they wouldn't say to their closest friends. Uh, j- just an unbelievably good show. Uh, Bob Eubanks, I think at that time, was the, you know, when the show premiered, was the youngest game show host on television. I think that record uh, stood until... Actually, Funhouse, which we talked about during Game Show mm-hmm. History a couple weeks ago, right, right. Uh, uh, J.D. Roth. But, yeah, I love the Newlywed game. And, you know, they've tried to capture what makes the original one so much fun, like in the 90s and the 2000s. And, you know, almost like Match Game, that age of innocence has passed. And so that appeal of saying things that are sort of risque and tug-in-cheek just isn't there. You can flat out say 90% of the stuff that they would have to bleep out back then on TV today. But the old episodes still hold up beautifully well. Um, yeah, love the Newlywed game. Uh, one thing that I thought was a, a real uh, joy that I didn't mention at all during this episode, and I wish I did, um, is <laughs> the couple of times where Eubanks said boner instead of bonus. The 25-point boner question, yeah. <laughs> I can't, it happened to him twice. That was like a decade uh-huh. apart, both of those. Oh, is it really? Yeah, one was on, I think, either the 60s or 70s, but the other one was like mid-80s. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, so it's good. great. Good stuff. So good. All right, how about a plug for BuzzerBlog? Of course, BuzzerBlog.com, the number one game show website in the world. Whether you're looking for information on new series, returning series, casting, new theme songs, new sets, new hosts, BuzzerBlog.com is the place to go. That's BuzzerBlog.com. Christian, once again, thanks so much, buddy. We'll see you again next week. We'll see you. Thanks, guys. All right, if you've got a question for Stumper Chump, and we have gotten a few over the last couple of weeks, which is really great. We appreciate you guys writing in. We're ramping up. Like It seems like we're getting more questions submitted. Well, so that's the thing is I got a bunch in the hopper, and nice. I, I was going to use one this week, but I found that one, and so I wanted to just go ahead and use that because it felt more like a Christian question that we could talk about than it would be just like me mentioning in the new or the history later. So sure. I, well, the other thing is, is that uh, we don't use all the questions. Obviously, send them along. We may have to paraphrase them a little bit. We will give you credit for giving us the idea for it if we have to change it up, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But like I say, we got several in the hopper, so um, I'm we're we're we're, uh, we're ready to go. We're ready. All right. Uh, well, speaking of ready to go, our featured game show this week is the Newlywed Game, Mike. I've wanted to do this since season one, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, it's a iconic game, um, and I would say, I don't know if this was just like a product of my household, mm-hmm. but like the jokes on this show, I feel like are pop culture staples. Um, there's a very specific one that we'll mention later. Right. Um, but it, it like has been a quote from my parents my entire life well i can't wait to hear it uh we've got the gameplay coming up next mike take us out you've been listening to america's favorite game show podcast tell them what they've won
it is. That's the theme song for our featured game show this week, which is the Newlywed Game. You're listening to America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. And Mike, uh, what do you think of that? That is the original theme song written by Chuck Barris, the producer. We'll get more into uh, his whole deal in the uh, history. Uh, But I did want to point out that that song, if anyone out there is interested in hearing it with lyrics, uh, it was actually originally written for an artist named Eddie Rambeau, B-E-A-U. I am not familiar with him outside of this, but it was recorded as a song called Summertime Guy, and it is indeed the theme song to the newlywed game, uh, but with lyrics. Did so, he call his band the Ramblers by chance? Eddie Rambo and the Ramblers? I don't know. I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, later, not now. Go. Uh, Continue. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, before my time, I'll say that is oh, yeah. that's oh, yeah. fair to say here. Um, uh, the classic version of the game is uh, really what is most known by everyone. There is a significant change later. I'm going to bring that up in the history as opposed to the gameplay because most of the gameplay is the same for most of the versions. Uh, But what happens is we start off with four couples who are married recently, hence the name of the game. Uh, And for the first round, the wives are sent backstage so they're unable to hear the game's proceedings. And then the husbands are asked a series of questions about their wives and their lives together and, you know, sort of things that both of them should know, right? Um, And the husbands have to supply the best answers that they can. Um, So when I'm talking about these questions, there's basically like two main goals of these questions one is they're trying to get laughs for the people not knowing the same thing right like the husband thinks one thing and the wife thinks another thing and then they get in kind of a spat about it right um which i'll talk about more a little bit later uh and then the second and probably arguably arguably main goal here is sexual innuendo uh, right. They want to make things as racy and sexy funny as they can uh, while getting around network sensors. It's definitely a thing they had to do at the time, um, which is why you will hear them use the phrase making whoopee instead of any other term for making love or having sex. Is it me or does it seem like that every Chuck Barris show needs to figure out a way to get around the censors? Well, I mean, okay, we talked about this in the gong show. Chuck yeah. Barris is a madman. Oh, so yeah. I think it's not so, I mean, I, I obviously, yes, he is trying to get around censors, but I think it's just that his ideas are so crazy and he's so unwilling to let them go that getting around censors is the only way he is able to do that. I think it's a byproduct rather than a goal really (laughs) (laughs) well that 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 answers a lot of questions for me thank you okay (laughs) yeah uh and so yeah making whoopee is is the real um i guess linchpin of that uh getting around the censors thing Mm -hmm. um and that ended up sticking actually over time they continued to use it throughout the run of the show even well beyond when, when it became okay to say have sex on tv um and and the questions are like always presented in a way that is like demanding a naughty answer um the so okay we talked about earlier the the quote in my house that has been around for as long as i can remember yeah uh so the the question presented was what is the strangest place you've ever made whoopee um and the the quote that has always been in my family was that'd be the butt bob uh, of course, referring to the 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 fact of uh, you know 
the stranger's place of the body as opposed to the stranger's place a location, location right? Yeah, right, uh, right, right what right. the woman actually said in response to that question mm-hmm. was in the ass yeah <laughs> so yeah. obviously my parents tamed that one down for me well you know and it's funny i don't know if you know the whole story behind that but like bob eubanks for years denied that that was even on the on on the show like he had totally forgotten about it he had blocked it out until they found the video of it, and then he was like oh i guess it did happen right well, um, and I, I mean, I, I don't think he was trying to deny that. I think so much of this ridiculousness happened that how would you keep track? Like, I don't Absolutely. remember everything that's happened in our show, and we're only on episode 52. Wait, we, we're, we have 52 years. episodes already? Yeah, that's today. Wow. Wow. God, I don't remember doing 51 of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. Continue, please. Uh, no, uh, the other the other example question that I pulled was, uh, <laughs> so again, like, I want to get to this more on my final thoughts, but the question was, uh, what won't your husband let you put on his wiener? And it's like, okay. Mustard. Right? Like, you're talking about what condiment does he not like on his hot dog, hot but dog. <laughs> we said wiener, so it means penis. And, of course, uh, the woman's response to that was Ben Gay. Um, no. And, like... I don't want to dive in too much to this, but I don't like this fishing for naughty answers. It feels like it should be more organic. Well, yeah, to, to me, um, the, I think the reason why you do that is if you had celebrities, it would be easy for them. Like if you go to a Hollywood Squares type thing where you're asking celebrities, right. they're, they're, looking, they're t- looking to give a comedic answer. You ask questions straight up and they come up with the comedic answers. These are regular contestants. That's true. So I feel like that's why they have to pitch them towards like like we're gonna we're gonna throw you the softball it's gonna be a big fat one and all you have to do is knock it out of the park fair enough fair enough uh but so as far as knocking it out of the park obviously comedy is uh the i guess ratings puller but the gameplay portion uh the idea here is that you want to actually give what you think is like the best answer meaning what your partner is going to say uh even if it's not necessarily the right answer like we i think we've talked about this in certain games before where it's like you are playing the person not the question right um so after they interview these husbands and ask them these three questions the wives are brought back out and asked those same questions the wives give their answer and then the husband reveals a little blue card with the answer that they give written down and theoretically the answers will match and the husband or i'm sorry the couple is awarded points and they give a little kiss uh it's very cute uh and then if not there's typically some sort of little fight over which one gave the stupid or wrong answer uh often i don't know how often so and this is another thing i want to talk about in my wrap-up but um the highlights of this are that you know the husband says something that was from a previous girlfriend or oh yeah um yeah. you know reveals something that the wife didn't know or you know vice versa um apparently there have been divorces that have been the result of these these spats on this wow show. wow um, that i did not know that's crazy yeah and i didn't really look into it because when i read that i was like you know what? Of course there were like it, specifically with the like um, highlight reels that you can find on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You go watch some of those and it's like, yeah, that like regardless of the specific answer being given there, the chemistry of the people that follows the answer is like that is not a relationship that's going to work. <laughs> 
and 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 that's you know it's so interesting because I was pretty young when this came out and I watched it a lot, but I used to love the idea that a husband and wife who had gotten married didn't know the same aunt. like they and and some of his questions were a little bit I was like what's Bob's favorite food you know and Bob would say you know Bob would write down meatloaf and then Judy would come out and Judy we asked Bob what his favorite food was and Judy's like spaghetti and as a kid that was the greatest thing ever for me to see them not understand what like they didn't know each other's favorite food right. like I couldn't understand that and the truth be told, it's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have gotten married if you don't know some basics about your wife, you know, or her husband, you know? Right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, uh, the the meta game here is really what's what's happening as much as the actual gameplay. Um, so for round two, we have the same deal, but it's reversed. The husbands leave. The wives are questions. The husbands come back, and they try and match, uh, again, going the other way. Uh, at the end of round two, the highest core couple <clears> – <throat> The highest scoring couple wins a fabulous prize. Uh, so it started out where it was a custom prize. Um, I didn't find a whole lot on what that meant, but they got to choose a prize and then that's what they won. I don't know if it was like a pool of a certain number of prizes and they got to choose from one of them or if it cool. was literally like, tell us what you want to win that would cost whatever this amount of money and we'll put it together. That's um, not unlike Press Your Luck, what they do now with the bonus round. Have you seen that? Yes, the, the new yes, version of it absolutely. where like the person's like, I really, I've, I've always wanted you know, a set of clothing, you know, like from some store and they put a shopping spree from that exact store on the big board, you know I mean? Yes, exactly. It I, is love that that exact I, I love that idea. I love that idea. Uh, apparently, you know, back in the late sixties, it was not uh, tenable to, to keep that going on a game show. They, they did, they ditched that pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> and what ended up being the sort of uh, flagship prize was a second honeymoon, uh, which as you'll remember, as we talked about in the Kong show, Chuck Barris with his CIA operatives had to go on these trips, right? So, you know, <laughs> do you do you not remember this whole I, thing? I don't remember this whole thing. Well, uh, we we talk about it in the Gong Show, but uh, Chuck Barris claimed that he was a uh, a secret the agent okay. for the CIA. That and... I remember, but what's about going on these trips? I don't remember that. Oh, it was that they those were the covers for him needing to go on these international spy missions. Oh, so and, and like I I think. Kind of what what they there's a movie called uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. What they kind of present there is that they send these people to locations that are like, you know, like Russia in winter. Like that's not a vacation, right? You go somewhere tropical and nice, Correct. or you go to Russia in the summer. Like you know, you don't want to go right. there when it's brutal cold. Uh, that sort of thing. And and so the idea was that he had to go to those locations, and therefore the show was set up to send the winner to that location and he would be their escort as a cover for going on these CIA okay missions. i don't want him going with me that's creepy he's creepy like <laughs> i don't saying, want him going there he is a madman go watch confessions of a dangerous mind obviously it's oh. a fictionalized story um but it's just it's fascinating and he is he wrote a book all about this with the same title he, he's just a fascinating, fascinating guy. Uh, I, I think fascinating is giving a lot of credit. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, he's a fabulous, I find him... fabulous liar. Fabulous, fabulous yes. liar. <laughs> okay, there you go. But, but I will tell you, along those same lines, if you get a chance to watch the movie The Courier with Benedict Cumberbatch, um, he, it's a, based on a true story about a businessman who was doing business overseas. 
um, and he was basically smuggling secrets from Russia back to the United States so that to prevent the Cuban Missile Crisis. Look right. it up. I think it's on Prime right now or whatever, but fantastic movie. Love Benedict Cumberbatch. Check it out. Awesome. The Courier. I'll definitely check that out. Um, so the another point of interest here that I thought was interesting anyways um, was the way that they would do a tiebreaker if, if a, a – uh, a couple was tied for highest scoring. Um, prior to the show, the couples were asked to predict the number of points that they would earn. Which then, is cool. Right? And then whoever got closest without going over would be determined the winner. I Like, what a creative way to tie, break a tie. So to me, I love doing this, and, and we may incorporate this into um, the next uh, best thing, Mike. Because I, we absolutely should. Because here's what I love about it. I think everybody, I think the way you win the show is predict how much points you're going to get. And then we don't, you know, and then and then once you've written that down, uh, the person closest to getting the points that they're going to get wins. But you don't necessarily tie it. You, you add that as another segment of like gaming on beyond. Well, do I score any more? Because if I do and I'm really close to my point value, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying there's something there that we need to incorporate, there, but I, I, I love I totally the idea agree. of solving a tie like that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like a random flip of a coin or you just leave it as a tie. It's just it's a great little inventive way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's that's the gameplay. Uh, like I say, it takes a takes a hard left in the 90s that we'll talk about later, but uh, that's that's the classic. classic but I have, but I have to tell game. you, Mike, this is good gameplay. It is like uh, for a, for a, a, like a love connection type show. Yes, that's this the thing. is a game show. It's it's a game show in and of itself. Like the idea of matching questions. I uh, we played this uh, at my brother's bachelor party. Yeah, we played it at my uh, my my not my bachelor party, but my uh, what do they call it? Uh, bridal shower. Yeah, I, well, so we had like it was like a there was a group party beforehand, and then at the end of the night, the guys went off to one party and the girls went off to another. Um, cool, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we did this as the group game beforehand, like with dinner and whatnot, uh, and it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, and so, like, outside of the idea that it, of the love connection dating game style, which really is it's only like a theme that it fits. It's not in style anything like those games right. um but yeah it's easily the best of them and i also in my mind have it sort of lumped in with panel games a little bit um but i think I you that. have i think you have swayed me with the idea of the reason why they're giving them these slow pitches is because these people are not professionals they're not comedians who are looking to give the funny answer they're contestants trying to win a trip right and like if they, the show is going to be needing comedy this is the way you make comedy is you, you're, you pitch them the, right. the ball yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, that's great. I, I I have to tell you, I'm reliving this again is really, really bringing me back. This was a show that I, and again, I have to figure out exactly how old I was when I was watching it, but I really enjoyed watching it at night. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I can't wait to hear the history because there's definitely some stuff in here that I did not know. Yeah, there's some stuff in here that we definitely should have known and apparently missed in <laughs> past episodes. <laughs> I, you know what? That'd be the story of our lives. What we could do a whole episode on what we missed over the first <laughs> well, fifty episodes. Fair. Apparently, we missed about half of Wheel of Fortune, so <laughs> there's uh, well, a lot more know, to go please. there. <laughs> you know, as again, as the disclaimer always says, we are not experts. No. 
we're, and by the way, if you're looking for experts, uh, we'll put you in touch with Christian. He'll be more than happy to walk you through it. Yes, absolutely. All right, we're going to do uh, the game show history of the Newlywed Game. Coming up next, you've been listening to America's favorite game show podcast, Tell Them What They've Won. The camera zooms in on me. So we get out. some high-proof alcohol. We get gasoline. Anything that says What funny. makes our lives worth living is our mortality. If there were not mortality, we wouldn't be passed. Luckily for me, most of the beauty pageants that I've um, participated in don't I've know. done my fair share of blood, man. I've always liked showing myself off naked. Got up out of the seat, walked to me, and then slapped me. Spontaneous conversation with people from around the world on Stranger Than Christian. Available on your favorite podcast app and at strangerthanchristian.com. And welcome back. You're listening to America's favorite game show podcast, Tell Them What They've Won. We're the game show guys and your hosts. I'm Tom Bastic. Alongside of me as always. Hi, I'm Mike Jacobs. Hello, Tom. We have a boatload of history for the newlywed game uh, created by... Robert Nick Nicholson, which, by the way, I read that name like five times. And I was like, how the hell do you get Nick out of Robert? No, but, dude, it's the same thing as like me calling you Jake. Yeah, no. Well, and you know? my dad is apparently floored that I've never been called Jake. Um, and <laughs> I, like it wasn't until I typed up this cue sheet and put the whole name in there that I was like, Nick Nicholson. Oh, I was like, yeah, and I'm, I yep. whiffed on that one. Uh, so yeah. created, created by Robert Nick Nicholson and E. Roger Muir, who was actually credited as Roger E. Muir, uh, produced by Chuck Barris, as we mentioned, uh, debuted on ABC July 11th, 1966 at the 2 p.m. Hi- uh, time slot and hosted by the immortal Bob Eubanks. Not, Dude, that is not a weird time spot. Well, I I guess not because that's also when uh, Password was on. Really? Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, and that was the wow. that was the main show it was up against. Um, we've we've talked about in past episodes different milestones as far as the transition from black to white. Um, right. <laughs> not from black to white. From black and white to color. That's how television worked. Uh, this was the last. U.S. commercial network series to premiere in black and white. Obviously, it later shifted to color. That is a great, great Trump jumper, stumper, chump question. Oh, uh, well, this, yeah. God. I mean, there were a lot in this one. And oh. I mean, do you not like the one I went with? Oh, I, uh, the one you went with is fantastic. I'm just saying that would have been even better. Well, all right, fine. Uh, this no, that is go a good ahead. one, though. I, I, yeah, like I say, last, uh, basically last last show that premiered in black and white. Uh, and as, so far as I know, that's not just game show. That's network series. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, on the premiere day, uh, a, a, that July 11th, 1966 at 2 p.m., uh, there was a bit of a fortuitous event. Um the, I guess, television in general was being preempted for a press conference from the defense secretary at the time, uh, which, uh, dang it, I meant to look more into what that uh, press conference was and why it was so important, but it obviously it had something to do with maybe 
the upcoming Vietnam War, Defense Secretary 66. Uh, so uh, CBS, which was running um, Password at the time, interrupted their programming for this conference, but the conference ended up being delayed by half an hour. Uh, during that half-hour delay, CBS stayed on their newscasters who were just chitty-chatting about what's upcoming, right? Uh, therefore not airing Password. ABC decides, you know what? During this half hour, let's go back and premiere this new show that we have, the Newlywed Game. Uh, right. And they decided to preempt only when the conference actually began, a half hour later after the show had already aired. Uh, this proved to be a fruitful move. Uh, Newlywed Game got a good like head start, uh, jump start, if you will, in their ratings. And uh, got an audience against Password, which I think was... Wow. Uh, you know, a big a big step forward for them. Um, and over time, more and more people started to switch over from Password. There is like a, a decline in Password ratings as there is a increase in newlywed ratings. Wow. Um, yeah. So And Password was like a hit, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, th- it was like sort of on this uh, <laughs> stairway to heaven to borrow a zeppelin tune um (laughs) but uh as the 70s started to creep in uh so did a show by the name of days of our lives uh now it did not start in the 70s it started back in the day but uh in sometime in the 60s i'm not sure but um it wasn't incredibly popular at first and apparently um towards the early 70s is really when days of our lives started taking off something happened on that end and everybody really started switching to that um December of 1974, uh, the network decides that uh, enough people have left Newlywed Game. The show has run its course, and it is time to come to a close. It's concluded uh, after almost eight and a half years. Um, So uh, that actually makes it the longest-running game show in ABC daytime history at this point. Um, Which, I mean... You know, they often make this distinction between longest running and most successful, uh, but there ha- there is a direct correlation between longest between being long running and being successful, right? Like even if you're, you know, doing it on a cheap budget, like we've mentioned with some shows in the past, if you're not going to keep going if you're not successful. Um, right. And then in 1985, uh, Family Feud uh, took over that that reign of longest running show on ABC Daytime, which I mean, again, I think speaks to the level of popularity of the new newlywed game that it took another like behemoth in the genre, Family Feud, to to take over that uh, record again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to point that went point out that when uh, this was uh, canceled back in '74, it was briefly replaced by a show that I feel like Christian has mentioned before. It's called Money Maze. Um, it's hosted by George Clooney's dad, uh, and the main reason why I found that interesting is because the Chuck Barris movie Confessions of a Dangerous Mind that I mentioned earlier stars George Clooney. Really? Yeah. So there you go. So there's a little tie in there. That's interesting. Yeah, indeed. I like it. Uh, yeah, and we have we have talked Money Maze before. I remember this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as I recall, it had a very elaborate set. Correct. Um, so uh, 79 is when we uh, see a new version syndicated this time. Bob Eubanks again as the host. Uh, but that was cut short in 1980 along with everything else that Chuck Barris did. 
along with the Gong Show, uh, in fact. And I think we mentioned that he had created a show called Three's a Crowd um, on our Gong Show episode. Um, turns out that show was caused quite the kerfluffle. Um, <laughs> it is, and it's uh, like I said earlier, it's more appropriate that we bring it up here than Gong Show because it is officially a spinoff of the Newlywed Game. And uh, as far as gameplay goes, best I can figure, it is exactly the same as the Newlywed Game, but the Three is a Crowd twist is that the husband's secretary also plays along. Hmm. So now you're saying not only are you not in tune with your wife, but you're better in tune with your secretary and the implications of adultery that come along with that concept. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Did not go over well, Uh, especially, uh, you know, back in the, uh, what would I say, 1980 uh, standards. Um, I I think even today it's 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 worse, I would think. Um, but right. apparently this just absolutely crushed Chuck Barris's reputation. Obviously, that show was canceled, but all three of his other shows ended up getting the axe, too, because no network would carry them. They didn't want any part of being this controversy of this guy who's, like, promoting adultery, right? Like, it's one thing to say, like, oh, look at these, these silly questions that don't really matter in the end. You guys aren't on the same page. Let's make a joke right, about right. it. Um, obviously, some of them ended in divorce, so it is serious enough in that concept to then introduce the idea that there is a third party trying to actually intervene in that marriage. Yeah. Did not go over well. All his shows, which is uh, newlywed game, dating game and the gong show. They all just get dropped and are basically uh, that's, that's the end of Chuck Barris. Um, yeah. Again, I don't cool. know how we miss, miss such a significant uh, event, but there you go. Yeah, and to to me, it, it kind of feels like you know everything that Chuck Barris touched like turned to gold for like a very short period of time, and then crapped the bed. Yeah, I mean, which again, like he was such a a wild guy that it's hard to not think that there were drugs involved. But that's, I mean. Isn't that basically the idea behind cocaine? Like it's a real quick burst and then like crap. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I guess we could just say that that Chuck Barris's um, game show career was like yeah doing cocaine. He's the cocaine of the game show world. There it is. <laughs> yeah. A quick blast that's a lot of fun, and then everybody hates it afterwards. <laughs> oh, I bet. Jesus. Okay. Uh, well, except for cokeheads, but what a, you know, whatever. Um, okay, so we then, in 1984, get a special, uh, there was a week-long special, actually, uh, in honor of Valentine's Day that ABC put together. Uh, Jim Lang is the host of this one, uh, and it is, in fact, the last time that the Newlywed Game is seen on network TV. Um, all the versions that come after this have been syndicated or right. on cable. So, yes, the last network TV version was this special week-long Valentine's Day special in 84. Um, and then in 85, they begin the new newlywed gang. They love just slapping new on stuff. Um, well, and then truth is, that's what I remember. That's the one. And that Eubanks was hosting that again, wasn't he? 
Uh, so yeah, like you say, Eubanks returning to his host, uh, but then he goes through 88 and then decides to step down and is replaced by uh, Paul Rodriguez, uh, who's a comedian I'm not terribly familiar with. Um, oh, yeah, you are. You, I mean, if you I, saw no, him, you would know No, 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 him. I know him. I'm just saying not oh, okay. I, I legitimately meant terribly familiar. I know, I'm vaguely familiar with him. Sure. Uh, but that uh, only lasts another year and eventually pulls the plug in 89. Um, and then 96 is when things really take a big left turn. It is an entirely revamped show. It's all new rules. Uh, it's hosted by Gary Kroger. Um, the, I don't want to get too much into the rules because it didn't last very long. Nobody really seemed to like it. The, the thing that I found most interesting was that instead of doing the like question and answers thing, uh, they did it almost like Love Connection where they were watching a video of the interview with... Oh. So like the husband was watching an interview of the video with their wife. Um, and then they would pause it and be like, how did she finish this sentence? And that sort of thing. Um, and then there were just other like... Same game, but different twist kind of things. Uh, again, I don't want to dig too into it. It's not that interesting. It's just different ways of making the same game. Um, sure. And like I say, nobody liked it. The, it just was saggy in the ratings and nobody was watching. Uh, so I, I think it was less than a year they decide to bring back Bob Eubanks, reinstate the old format, and it is now called the classic newlywed game, which... I don't know if you remember New Coke, uh, but it sounds like kind of the same same. Now plan it's there. classic Coke. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, for those of you who don't, I I was I mentioned this at work a while back, and some of the younger folks that I work with did not even know that New Coke was a thing. So, uh, just well, they br they brought it back recently. Well, and I, there are countries apparently where it still exists. I remembered, I I don't really remember new coke i remember coke classic being the like oh we're bringing back coke classic but the reason why i remembered that being a whole thing was because they kept new coke and coke classic for a while and they changed yeah. new coke to coke 2 and that is what i remembered and then thus led me to the new coke We're like oh okay i had to get the whole story there is a theory that they purposefully introduced this Coke two as the new Coke for a way to bring back the old formula in a, like it was all a marketing ploy basically to, to reignite mm. interest in the existing product. Um, and so that's what I'm kind of saying here is that maybe they had this crappy new, I mean, that's, it follows like literally the same naming convention. New newlywed <laughs> game replaced yeah. by classic newlywed game. Newlywed game. And, sure. and, like okay. the only thing is if they would have kept newlywed game two for a little bit. Um, but like I say, Coke two, I, I, there's like some, uh, I want to say like island country somewhere that still sells Coke two. Um, that may not even be true anymore, but was true as of the last time I looked it up when I had this conversation at work years ago. Anyways. Okay. Um, after uh, Eubanks is brought back, it, I guess, kind of revitalizes it a little bit. It, that version ran until 99, so three years total. That's not bad. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not not great, but better than uh, the, 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 the attempt. Better than, Coke, yeah. better than Coke 2. Hey, there you go. Uh, <laughs> there not, not a high bar, but there you go. Uh, and then uh, a new GSN version debuts on April 6th, 2009 with Carney Wilson hosting. Wait, 
Wait, wait, from Wilson Phillips, yes. Carney Wilson? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, an odd choice. How many, cassette, how many cassette tapes of Carney Wilson do you have? Uh, I don't have any Carney Wilson. I don't have any Wilson Phillips either. Uh, no, actually, Ugh. that's not true. I might have. I think I have their self-titled. I don't know. Okay. I might have to look. Um, <laughs> but either way, I, like an, an odd choice. Um, yeah. Uh, but she steps down in 2010 um, and then is replaced by Sherry Shepard, who is best i don't i don't it, i guess it depends on your audience i would say either uh as a host of the view or as angie from 30 rock which is probably where i know her best uh, oh yeah me too i would say yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah. um and then uh continues with her at the helm until 2013 so another three years after she steps in which is you know better than eubanks did with the classic newlywed game so good honor there uh but that is the last we see of it 2013 it ends game show network uh airs reruns as does uh what was this other network i had never heard of this one before bounce tv uh Hmm. runs uh reruns of the game show network version of newlywed game so if you're interested in that uh go find out what bounce tv is um that's it that's what you get all right. Well, you know, um, I, I, Mike. Now that we're not rating anymore, I feel like uh, maybe we would just do like, uh, what's your final thoughts on on this yeah, whole thing? I, I mean, what? I mean, because I've got I've got a few things too. But why don't you go ahead and go first? Sure. Well, I, I like the idea of just doing final thoughts instead of doing ratings. Um, sure. My my final thoughts here, and so this is what I was touching on earlier. I watched an episode of this, and you know, like the classic, and I don't mean classic with classic in the name i mean the original version with bob eubanks um, sure from the i don't know when it was late 60s early 70s maybe um and it was charming i enjoyed it it was fun i had a big smile on my face i was giggling along with them i was kind of like cringing at the like whoops answers you know it was <laughs> it was a, a, a fun watch uh i then followed it up with a 15 minute montage of best moments on the newlywed game and i hated it (laughs) i just hated it um and i i think that was what i went into with this show was just these moments of like i said earlier that'd be the butt bob has been something in my family as far back as i can remember and I love that that was in your family forever. I, yeah, you talked about butt sex in your family forever. <laughs> uh, one apparently, I, I don't know how true this is. It's it's apocryphal at best. But a story in my family is that one of the first things I ever said was in an airport out loud, "The shit's gonna hit the fan." <laughs> That's a line from the movie Airplane, which is yeah. a movie that I, I think I've mentioned before. I I don't remember my life before having seen that movie. Um, but I, I think the, the story is that someone came over the intercom and announced that a plane was changing gates. And I, like, I just knew from the movie that that meant the shit's going to hit the fan. I didn't I had no idea what it means. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. So there you go. I got a weird family. Uh, But all that to say, the the sort of supercut moments of this, I think, really expose the sort of hackneyed feel that comes along with these force-fed questions. 
it, taking it out of context loses the enchantment of the show. And yeah. I think that the way that people are exposed to this show, and I, I honestly think this is part of my problem with Hollywood Squares and the match game, is you don't see the context of it not only in the time that it was created, but in the grander scheme of the show, where it's not just 15 minutes of make a dick joke, make a dick joke, make a dick joke, boobs, ha <laughs> you know, it's, 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 you're, you're losing, like I said, losing the enchantment. It was really the way I felt about it. Uh, the original show had a charm, and I think because of these clip shows, you don't, you don't get that charm anymore. So, I agree with you wholeheartedly. As a matter of fact, I, I think that in today's day and age, there's way too many people that have way too much time on their hand that do clip shows of a lot of different things. And I think you ruin a lot of it, not just because, like, oh, these are the best parts. It's one person's idea of the best parts. Now, here's the thing. If you were a diehard fan of the show and had seen every episode ten times, maybe maybe not unlike Christian for all we know, um, but then those clip shows have a totally different complete meaning to it because you're reliving your favorite moments or what someone else considers your favorite moments of the show that you know implicitly well, mm. intimately well. And so if, if for instance, I don't mind the hyper clips of like the best, the best Star Trek, the next generation, you know, bits mm. because I've seen every episode 50 times. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that one. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, that's great. It has a totally different effect on me than it would be somebody else who's maybe seen it one time or maybe not at all and watches that and goes, that's the greatest clips from Star Trek The Next Generation? That's awful. Yeah. I, yes, you are completely correct. So I, I, do, I do hate all those compilations. I really do. And I agree with you that this definitely is a show that – it's part of the charm of the show is going through all of the motions and seeing all of the things that happen in the show. Um, and, and so I think that's the truth with a lot of shows though. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna enjoy, you know, like, Oh, okay. You know what? I, I'm not going to get, I'm going to not watch all the shows. I'm just going to get the cliff notes version and try to get the same feeling that people would get from watching the show entirely. Yes. Um, and I, I feel like specifically with this show, the Cliff Notes distills it to a point where it's no longer pleasant. You know? Yeah, well, I'm sure. It's 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 like the the essential oil of this show. <laughs> it's been distilled down yeah. to its finest form, but it's not its finest form, and that's the that's whole point. right, and that's exactly. And and I also feel like there's a lot of shows that would be ruined if you did that. Like I now here's a perfect for instance. I haven't watched any of the office maybe three episodes of the office if you showed me the top 15 bits from the office i would be like this is the stupidest show i've ever seen one i'm not gonna watch it 100 and now i'm not gonna watch it but but that's the whole point so those clip shows don't do it well so what i i i challenge people to do is to watch full episodes of this if it's available which it is there's there's new new Lewis games online the originals online watch some fuller episodes because i think that you'll find that it really is fun. For me, it was so much fun watching the new, new new newlywed game when I was young. I enjoyed it so much. I thought Bob Eubanks is an incredible host. Bob and he Eubanks always has is been. Wonderful. Yeah. 
So uh, at the at the end of the day, for me, this is this was a fun go back in history kind of thing because I really really enjoyed uh, reliving this. So uh, I'm I'm kind of shocked at some of the the things that came out of it, and I didn't realize there was quite so many versions of it too. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I really put that together either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I had quite the same uh, like. Uh, reinvigoration that you had um, as much as like as an enlightenment of like I think maybe some of my opinions of shows have been sullied by these you know super cuts or whatever yeah well that's uh, that's a great great thing to learn isn't it hey you know what you learn something new every day and we learn something new every episode which stay tuned stay tuned for that but for this for now people even know we do that (laughs) Uh, if you listen past the credits, you'd know. Anyway, speaking of the credits, I think that's what it's time for now, Mike. So that's all the time we have for this week. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Buzzer Blog. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Carney Wilson. Thank you, George Clooney and his dad. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Carney Wilson gets a shout out. Hey, you know what? That's a, uh, what's that song? Hold on. Someday yeah, somebody's uh, gonna make you wanna turn around and say goodbye. <laughs> It's a good song. <laughs> okay, tune in again next time. We're going to bring you the latest and greatest in the world of game shows. Mike will probably karaoke another bad song, and we'll have a brand new feature show too. <laughs> <laughs> it's unlikely that I will ever sing on camera again, camera microphone again. Uh, yeah, make sure you check us out on social, all the regular avenues: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Snapchat. Are you on Snapchat? I don't even have the Snapchat app, so no. I'm an uh, old man. <laughs> so old uh, but please, as always tell them what they've won.com please subscribe share like and drop a review if you like what you heard and if you don't like what you heard you're gonna go on threes a crowd with your secretary and lose Ugh. have a great week Mike bye Tom you've been listening to America's favorite game show podcast tell them what they've won a JTEC audio production copyright 2021 No part of this podcast may be reproduced by anyone without the express written consent of the creators. For more information or to contact us, please go to tellthemwhatthey'vewon.com. Copyright 2021, a JTEC audio production. All right, Michael, what did you learn this week, uh, if anybody's listening? Uh, well, I mean, like I said earlier, I think it's just that I don't like those supercut things. Because even after uh, watching the the Newlywed Game supercut thing, I watched, it was like a TV special that was like game shows, outrageous, most outrageous moments. It was hosted by Wink Martindale, and right. it was just awful. Like, you lose... The enchantment. That's the that's the best word I can really think of it. And so I I am not going to watch any of those clip shows again. I you know I learned that too. I mean that's it. And, and the funny thing is I didn't watch any of them to learn it. Just you talking about it made me realize like that's not what this is about. Like these shows are about like watching a show. And so I definitely learned I'm not going to watch any of those too. Yep. But what I really did learn is that Chuck Barris was as bad for game shows as he was good for game shows. Mm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that that man came up with some of the most unique ideas, presentations, and, um, I mean, production. But at the end of the day, 
Man. <laughs> Did not work out. Uh, the term flash in the pan comes to mind. <laughs> Cocaine in the pan. Ah, there you go. 